Hello and welcome to another episode of the Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. Now we're here in December, uh, marching into probably the busiest month of uh, the Premier League season, uh, if you guys would agree with that, I think so. Uh, looking ahead, I, I saw United has six Premier League games uh, in the, in this month alone. That's not to mention the additional uh, Champions League and Carabao Cup games. But yeah, it's a, it's a busy month and uh, it's busy for all of us. We've got the holidays coming up. We've got a lot of things going on. But luckily, we still have Premier League to watch. And I think we're all very, very thankful for that. So uh, I am your host, Charles, here with Jen, Eric, Skiff, and Scott. And as always, we have our Five of the Back Twitter account. You can come and chat with us, send us stuff. It's at F-I-V-E-A-T-B on the twitter.com. So yeah, come send us a message. All right, so we're kicking off tonight. We're going we're gonna to go straight into um, probably a, a topic that uh, you may have heard some, some rumblings about, maybe something that's going to continue to pick up over the coming weeks, especially given some of the fixtures that are out there. But we're going to talk about managers that are potentially on the hot seat. Uh, and I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to throw gas onto the fire right off the bat. Mikel Arteta, guys, he has got to be feeling the heat. His results at Arsenal lately, I mean, yeah, he, he had that win away at United, uh, which was, you know, I'm sure you know, a, a feather in his cap. But what else has he done lately? What do you guys think? Well, I wonder how much, you know, a lack of business in the transfer market is maybe buying him some time. Um, but yet, yeah, no, it's not looking good, which is sad because he's a very good dresser. I think uh, he's doing a great job. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's great. He, he, he basically went from city where he was, uh, you know, at a Thai restaurant eating a nice mild dish to going straight to Thai hot. That is how hot his seat is right now at Arsenal. And transfer business, what I mean, he signed Thomas Party for like seventy million dollars. I mean, they freed up some funds. They sacked Gunasaurus. You got, um, you know, they you signed William. That's a William. Oh, you know, look, look, at, all, look at all this firepower they got. Yeah, Abba. Yeah. I mean, what has Abba scored? What, one zero goal? goals. One goal. Zero? That's that's a good percentage of their goals. Yeah, to be fair, yeah, he was like forty or fifty percent of their goals last year. So. I mean, his seat is uh, his seat's got to be hot, hot, so, hot. So let's let's ask this question. Let's 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 talk about this. Is this on the players, or is this on coronavirus, or is this on Arteta, or yes. the front office? <laughs> Back room. They don't have a front office. No, they well, don't. You're right. <laughs> they, they no, they just. If I'm not mistaken, they either sacked them or he quit. I can't remember their chief of football operations left yeah, over the summer football. yeah what well, okay. I, I think he laughed or they they sacked him i can't remember but the the leadership was like oh no worries he's kind of negotiated some of these deals we'll just push him over the line then see what happens well this is this is what what happens looks like uh, oh. i mean but i i think personally because of the instability in the world the instability in like the the behind the scenes office stuff actually is going to buy him some time. Well, he's also beloved there, so he'll get he'll get some 
some leeway. And you know, as long as they're making money, Kroenke, as long as they're making money, like I I don't think Kroenke's going to care. And I think he's going to get as much leeway as Ole, but not as much as David Moyes. Have it United. I mean, you look at their recruitment strategy. We we banged on this over and over again. It's by a bunch of attackers. I mean, they haven't had a recruitment strategy. They've had what two, three coaches in the past, you know, number of years. You keep turning that over. And, you know, as United can kind of attest to a little bit, it's hard to get that and Florida State for that matter. It's hard to get that continue, you know, um continual I can't say the word because I'm not good at words. There you go. There you go, Eric. (laughs) Blame it on the cold. Skip's in Florida right now where it's super cold. It's 45 degrees out here. My my teeth are chattering, but it's hard to get continuity. You know, it takes some some time to build it out. And when you don't have a transfer strategy, who know if who knows if Arteta approves some of these moves, like it just takes time. Okay, so he, you want. Yeah. he's actually so I'm, I'm looking now um, odds checker one, two, three, four, five. He's actually sixth lowest in the odds to next to be sacked. There's five managers who have better odds to be sacked. Ooh. Okay, and who are they? I wonder, so I wonder I'm, if there's some of the ones we're planning on talking about. Hold on, let's, let's do a little guessing game. Let's do a little guessing <laughs> game. So there's, there's five. Wilder, five. Chris Wilder. He's he's number one. He number is one, yeah. plus one fifty five, which is as close to even as you're gonna see. Like poor nice. poor poor guy. He he's you're getting sacked in the morning. It should just be the chant at every Sheffield <laughs> match. So who else? Who else do you guys what have? About, uh, what about Sean Dice? Dice. Dice is not. Actually. Wow. Wow. Really? Okay. Uh, Billich. Billich is next at uh, plus three forty. So three three point four to one. The probably follows is he the good Scott looking Parker. guy that's at Scott Parker's next. Scott Parker's okay, the good looking guy two. at Fulham. Okay, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, so let's see who else would be on that list. Both are semi surprising to me. What about the what about the Newcastle manager, Steve Bruce? Yep, yeah, Steve Bruce. they haven't been terrible. They haven't really? been terrible. They're I think they're 13th. I mean, they're like mid table. I think it's got something to do with the potential ownership change. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it so does. He, so there's one more. Uh, Ollie. Roy Hodgson? Ole. Yeah. Oh. Ole, 7 to 1. Not Roy Hodgson is four, 14 to 1, tied with Sean oh, Dyche. Okay. So yeah. just to recap, uh, so Chris Wilder is 1.5 to 1. Slavin Bilic is 3.5 to 1. Scott yeah. Parker, 6 to 1. Ole is 7 to 1. Steve Bruce is eight to one and Arteta is 10 to one and next okay. manager to be sacked is what that is. Okay. Wow. So part of what I like, like I wonder is for the teams that are like what Christian called the yo-yo teams, you know, where they go up, they come down, they go up and they come down. You know what I mean? Like it, does it make sense that you, you fire the guy that got you there? I mean, or is it that, you kind of have that belief that their like their purpose was served in getting you over the line and they they just don't have the managerial chops to to keep you in the dance is that what the issue is what what most owners are starting to learn is that there is no um there's no financial benefit to loyalty to the coach who brought you up there's and it's also okay. um, <clears throat> a lot of what the what the statistics are starting to show is that um, getting rid of your manager sooner gives you a better chance of staying up. 
and actually winning some games, even if it's just from like the, the, you know, the random high of having a new manager and a new style and a new hope and outlook and whatever. Um, so a lot of managers, a lot of teams will make changes earlier now just for, for the sake of staying up. And, and the main reason is because of that, that financial windfall that they get from being as being a part of the Premier League. Okay, one more question. So what makes Nuno so different? He's winning. Yeah, they're in the top 10. Yeah. Wait, right, uh, no, but I mean, but like, like, was it something like, is it just he was a Premier League level manager that they just lucked into hiring when they were in the championship? And I think, I think they also made good signings for a system too with that, that team. Okay, well, yeah, so they, their okay. recruitment. I don't even want to call it a recruitment strategy because that's giving them a lot of credit for just pipeline. Having, yeah, having a pipeline. Okay. Yeah, the Jorge Mendez relationship helps. Now Nuno is a very good manager, mm-hmm. um, but they've got better players than you know sixty percent of the league. I would say they've got top six quality uh, players. I think. Yeah, and I think w- I was just I had to look it up to to see when he started with Wolves, and so Wolves picked him up in the season that they were promoted. So they, they, like, he only spent one season in the championship. Okay. Um, so in that respect, he didn't spend years and years in the championship, um, you know, building that kind of level okay. and then shifting them. He came in and they went up. So that, I think that speaks more to Nuno's ability as a manager. Um, and he took a job that was actually beneath his abilities um, and proved that he's a, he's a top level manager. Yeah. It's such a unique project. You know, you, you can sell that to someone, okay. you know, and- Sorry, Skiff. Yeah, and some of these coaches are like known for, you know, hey, we're going to get you promoted to the championship, but, you know, that's about all we're going to do um, to the Premier League. But so I think it's a little bit unique and depends on the situation. But like Charles said, you know, you definitely get that big bounce usually. I mean, United did when they let go um, Mourinho and hired Ole, you know, they got a big bounce. And so it's like, well, you take your bounce early and, you know, hope that you can then scrape some points up at the end of the season or do you, you know, go through knowing most likely you're not going to retain your manager when you go back down, unless he's one of those quote unquote specialists, you know, who just gets teams promoted to the premier league. So I'm okay. curious, I'm curious what happens if some of this project big picture, you know, it's dead quote unquote, right. But it's not really dead. Some of, some of these things are still ongoing as far as how they handle the, the step from premier league to back down to the championship and back up. Basically the playoffs are worth 170 million pounds. Just if you if you win and you get promoted, it's another 170 million. That that is ridiculous. So these owners are like, oh god, if we go down, that's a you know 150 200 million pound hit. I better get rid of this guy. But with some of the changes they're talking about making, with sharing revenue from the Premier League to the Championship and things like that, I wonder if there this might change the strategy. Whereas this the the article I read and Christian retweeted it from the BBC. It's a cliff now, the difference between the Premier League and the championship. And the goal is to make it more of a financial slope than a financial cliff. So if, okay. if the disparity isn't as much, are they going to be, would Sheffield be more loyal to Chris Wilder if they lost 50 million pounds instead yep. of 200 million pounds? Well, and especially, especially given the idea that, um, you know, and I think that most fans realize this and most, most owners recognize this as well, but they don't, they're not in a position to take into account things like, 
multiple player injuries or, or losing, you know, your, your star mm-hmm. player from last season because he's signed by city or man United or, or Spurs or somebody like that, um, which does happen. I mean, wolves this season, they had, they had two of their better players poached and, you know, obviously they've taken a little bit of a hit, but they're, they're starting to rebuild, you know, in another, in a situation like that with like with Chris Wilder, you know, he, he may not be given the time that he needs to rebuild the squad um, back to, you know, the level it was, Whereas, you know, it, this windfall with the chip chip, maybe maybe the owners do take more of a, a gamble on hanging on to them. OK, yes, so uh, Morgan. sorry. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> one of the strategies that you know was talked about last year is that um, they kept Wilder kept a lot of his his squad intact from who were there in the championship and then, you know, the next year, was that actually to their disadvantage that they didn't integrate some of those, you know what I mean? Higher caliber players, you know what I mean? Because they had that first year, like, Oh my God, we're here. This is so exciting. And now the kind of newness is worn off and the potential lack of quality is being exposed a little bit. So I think it's a double-edged sword. A, I don't know that they can afford that, especially this year with COVID. Um, B, part of it is if you sign these high-dollar high players, A, you pay transfer fees. You, as we know, transfer fees are usually not paid up in full. So you're, they're paid over a year. So say you do a $40 million pound transfer over four years. Well, you get relegated the, to the championship. You're still paying that $10 million every year, but you have a lot less revenue from going down. Oh, and by the way, you're probably playing that uh, player a very high salary. And even though they have clauses like, hey, if we get relegated, your salary goes down 25%. It is hard. And you, if you watch the uh, documentary Sunderland Till I Die, I think they had uh, Jack Rodwell on their team um, when they were in the Premier League and they splashed cast and they were all the way down to tier one, uh, paying him basically Premier League level wages. So it's, it's all a balancing mm-hmm. act between the money and, and when you get relegated right now, you get a parachute payment. So you, it's, it's, it's a plateau and then a cliff, but it's kind of like a gentle slope after the second and third year, then it's like, Hey, you're going off the, the edge of a cliff. So it's a little bit like, Hey, you know, if we get bounced, can we get back up within the first two years? If so, then great. We're okay. But by the time you get to that third year, then you're kind of, you're kind of screwed. So that's I, all the yeah. factors. <laughs> it's very, oh, yeah, no. and I, but I'm just thinking, you know what I mean? Like they, if I remember correctly, they didn't make hardly any major. Yeah. I mean, it, nothing. yeah. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying like you spend all this cash, but there, there has to be some like key components that I would think you'd, you'd maybe try and supplement. I think you, maybe they thought they did so well last year. They decided to roll with it this year and oh, it'll get us through again this year too. Well, I, th- I think you, you made a point earlier about COVID making an impact with Arsenal, I think the impact is bigger for Sheffield, especially you think about it, the, the smaller the club, the more, the higher the percentage of revenue that match day revenue is because there's less TV money, there's less European money or zero European money. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Sheffield owner, when he knows he's not getting any fans until now he might get some, but he's like, okay, well, I made all this money last year. I could spend it, but I might not make any money this year. So let me, keep some of this in my pocket because I might get relegated anyways, even if I buy play, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it, 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 with some of these people who, who are risk averse anyways, mm-hmm. COVID was the perfect excuse. 
not even an excuse. Uh, not even an excuse. I, I don't want to be harsh. Like it's it's well and truly a huge impact on the smaller clubs. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's uh, let's push on to a manager that I don't necessarily think we should be talking about here, but the, the rest of the world is talking about him. So give me your thoughts on Ole. Obviously, the odds checkers <laughs> have got him in a, in a position above Arteta, which. <laughs> whoo, I thought right, that was so, strange. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. What do you guys think? It's weird, though. What when. So obviously, Sir Alex kind of throws this whole thing for a loop. But it from from when doing some looking and some research because you know I had some debates with some Spurs fans about Pochettino to United and when that might happen. United don't do a lot of sacking in the middle of the season. It, they seem to give have be patient and and not want to make that type of move, especially with a club legend like that. Who especially the results are fine now. Like what. The, Strange to me, we're even talking about it. I mean, he's three, you know, with a game in hand, he's five points off the top. They're still tied at the top of their Champions League group. I mean, I know that their performances have been a little bit inconsistent to start the season, but again, they had no preseason. They didn't get really the one player that they wanted in. And Cavani, who I think is, I mentioned it on Twitter, I think is going to be one of the top five transfers of the season. It takes time to integrate him into the squad. Um, you know, you had a lot of noise around the Manchester United squad early, but if they qualify for out of the group stages for the Champions League and they're in the hunt for the top four, it's not getting sacked. I mean, that's all the Glazers care about. Make it out of the Champions League group and get top four. They're getting paid. I wonder how big I wonder how big this is, and Charles would know better than I, but I wonder if it could be proven that Ole went to the Glazers and Woodward and said, all right, I want this guy, this guy, and this guy. Are they telling him straight out no? I, I think so. <laughs> Ed Woodward is. You think he's even getting that far? <laughs> then how can you then yeah. how can you sack a how can you sack a guy if you're not gonna give him what he wants, but yet you know, hold him hold him responsible for, for his team? You can ask that question of a good owner. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay, so <laughs> I I think at this point the like one of the questions is, are, is there a stable of tempting other options out there that would lure the attention of the Glazers and Woodward? You know what I mean? Like there's, there's at least my understanding is there's not any like tempting, you know, manager wow. that's out there. That's just, you know, looking for a job, Charles. right. That they'll be able Mute, mute Scott. Mute Scott. I don't want to hear no. this again. Mute him. No. Mute him. No, no he doesn't. No, no, no. He's not going to go into it. He's no, not go I don't. Right I now. don't think Pochettino would be interested. I mean, personally, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, Scott, and you can be like, no, he'd love it. But you know, what I mean, like, I, I just at this point, I think part of what Ole's protected by is the fact that there's not, um, there's not a a, a more tempting offer. It's just yeah. floating around out you, there. The you know you're I think you've got part of it nailed down. Um, there aren't a lot of or mo there aren't multiple attractive options. The 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 rumors have been going around about Pochettino for you know basically since Ole started because they were rumoring Poch before um, you know basically before Mourinho even left um, United. So it was it's been a kind of a long term thing. I think um, if Zidane 
were to be fired by Madrid, immediately they he becomes the Glazers' first pick for nothing more than name recognition. Yeah. He's going to bring in sales of you know fans in the seats, people you know cheering him on, attention towards United. Um, that's that's what the Glazers want. They want they want marketability, they want profitability, all that kind of stuff. The the wins and losses are supposed to, are actually like third and fourth as far as their um, you know their priority list. With with regard to Ole, I mean honestly, that's that's been my biggest my biggest concern is that people are so quick to jump on the he should be out. He should be fired for what exactly, you know, other than a, than a couple of, you know, short, you know, strings of losses, you know, I think the, the longest one was three games. Other than that, I mean, his tenure at United has been fairly good given the circumstances. Yeah. He's got one of the moodiest midfielders, elite midfielders I've ever seen in the world. Um, and hopefully we finally say goodbye to him. Uh, he's got some, He's been unable to attract or unable to, to lock down the, the players he needs because of ownership, not because of his abilities. And he's gone out and he's won games that he shouldn't. He pushed the team into third place, you know, at the end of last season, um, when realistically, given the, their form in the first half of the year, they should have been nowhere near Champions League. I, you know, I mean, overall, I think he's done quite well. And, and you know, Skiff, you, you nailed it when you said we're, we're five points out of first in the league with a game in hand. If, if we take that win down over Villa, who Villa's sliding down the slope right now, they're not looking that great. You know, we take that win over Villa and we're two points off the lead. We're leading our Champions League group. Yes, tied on points, but we, we're, we're ahead on goal differential, which is unbelievable and for us. Uh, things, are, things are doing pretty well. And if we can nail down, you know, a... Almost finished, Jen. Um, if we can nail down a... OJ has his hand up too. It's 45 degrees here. <laughs> Skip, Skiff is wearing gloves to the listeners. Skiff's got gloves, a hoodie, and a, a beanie, and yeah, I think uh, a, cigar. a giant parka as well. Um, yeah, I mean, if, if we can pull in one player during January, and then actually if the, the Glazers will go out and spend some money on some real players in the summer – you know, I mean, I think Ole's a, a you know a six, seven, ten year guy, honestly. Hey Scott, who is uh, who is the left back you signed from Real? Sergio Regulon. And you put a buyback clause. They have a buyback clause in there. Yes. So I got to give props to Tottenham, um, and I'm going to tie this back in, Charles. But okay. they went ahead and signed Regulon, who's a really talented player and fit in really well. The Glazers refused to sign uh, Holland. Um, and put that, you know, sell on or, you know, um, not sell on, but a, um, a release clause Buyback into plus. his contract. Yeah. yeah. So can you imagine United fielding Holland up front? I'm probably mispronouncing his name. And Sancho on the right. Uh, on the right. I mean, you're talking maybe the best team in the world? Actually, they United turned down Regalon at the same deal that Spurs took him on. They turned down the buyback so worst worst case scenario, Spurs make twenty million on on a left back. Like Levy is just counting the money. It's like, okay, what what's the downside here? And you know, the thing for me with Ole and the way the Glazers seem to operate, Jen, there might be other options. Zidane is expensive. Pochettino and his staff are going to be expensive. Allegri would be expensive. Ole's cheap. Like he came from like the 
third division, Icelandic Norway. third division or something, <laughs> you know. And, well, okay, so, so but so, but they Woodward is the highest paid chairman in the league by a large margin. by a lot, and the Glazers want to make money. United is a revenue monster, so as long it's just it's kind of like the Kroenke Arteta thing. As long as Ole doesn't like he's at the wheel. As long as he doesn't have the wheels and hubcaps stolen, like the Glazers <laughs> have no interest in whether the club is that good or not. Okay, so kind of building off the wheels and hubcaps stolen, if they if they don't make it through the group stage in the Champions League, is that going to be an indictment? I mean, is that going to be the death knell to poten- potentially his tenure? Or is it, you know, I mean, well, if they don't, because they will go down like they'll they'll qualify if they don't if they don't make it through they'll qualify for the Europa spot. Yep. But is that would that be enough or would that be one of those you know like oh sorry to they don't want the smoke. Like, yeah. They don't want the Spurs smoke. Don't come down here. <laughs> Fair enough. We don't come down to the Europa League where you yeah oh, oh. yes don't don't do that you don't need All it. Right. Fine. Th- Thursday Spurs day okay don't don't come down here. <laughs> You guys, see, you guys can own yeah, that yeah. forever and ever and ever. <laughs> I think, I think he gets through the season unless things in the premier. If he goes out in the Champions League, unless things like, unless he's in tenth place with you know ten games to go or something crazy like that, he's getting through the season. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm just saying, like at the end of the season, if they're not top four and they don't make it through Champions League, you think he'll get another spot? Like he'll get if another he, year? If he's top six, yeah, he gets another year. I think okay. so too. Yep. Okay. Yep. And and then hopefully, hopefully they then they actually sign some players. If they don't, um, United could end up with a massive fan revolt against yep. the uh, against the Glazers. So Ooh, wait, right, one let's... last question. Yep. Whoa, 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 one last question. Would Ole leave them? No. Could he could. No. Like, I'm just For saying, what? well, you know, the reason why mm-hmm. I'm asking is like, if he realizes that he's never going to get the support that he needs on transfer, you know, business, could it be one of those things where he's like, you know what? Like, I'm not letting this be my legacy. Like, well, yeah, ex- I'm out. And that's, that's exactly what it would be. And he would go, he would go check in suitors in, in other countries. He wouldn't you, stay in England. Um, you but really he, think if they wanted to keep him and they sent Sir Alex with a, a nice cup of tea to meet with Ole, that he would tell him thanks, but no thanks. I don't think they uh, would send Sir Alex with a right. cup of tea. If they, no, if they wanted to keep Ole, <laughs> no, if they wanted to keep Ole, I guarantee you Sir Alex would be involved and Ole would stay. Wait, but no, I, mean, but... I, I think Sir Alex is more likely to tell Ole you should leave instead yeah. of, being loyal well, to the Glazers and the Woodward and Woodward because they he doesn't like them. Yep, I agree with that, Charles. I still don't think uh, he's don't leaving. Know. Yeah, I don't think so. so. I don't. I don't think he's leaving either. But I, I think he's going to be successful. Like I think, I think that we. I don't know that we get much further than like. I mean, I, I think probably the top eight is is reasonable Champions League wise. Um, although we are better in the Champions League this season than we are in the in the Premier League, but. Um, I, I'd be, I'd be okay with a top eight finish, um, overall. Um, and then I, I mean, we still have a legitimate shot top four. I don't, I don't see why there should be anything, any lower goal than that for us right now, given where we stand. If Cavani gets firing, then 
I mean, Cavani's honestly, Cavani has been playing extremely like well from a tactical standpoint. He his biggest issue right now is just integrating with the other players on the team during like they're they're just off sync, just barely on some of the passes and some of the runs and things. And, and as soon as they catch that sync, how much of that is minutes though? Like just exactly not, he's not getting exactly in. What it is. Yeah. Well, I, and now I've he's seen, and now he's getting in. I've seen several times where he's made the run actually, and they haven't made the pass. Right. Like, and, where, and like, like, all you have to do is square it to him, and yeah. and he will tap it in. I've seen two or three times where that's the case. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and that's to say they, they just got to get in sync. Once Bruno gets him um, connected, like once the, you know, oh man, it's, it could be really good. Cause his, his attacking movement is so much better than Martial's so much better. It's his instincts are so much better. And that's Martial's what we love not, to see. He's not really a center forward. Like that's the thing about Martial. That's the, that's the draw. I didn't like you getting Cavani because I didn't want to see you have an actual center forward. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Okay, let's uh, let's shift on over now. Um, I am gonna kick it over to Skiff, nope. who has <laughs> who has one or two things he'd like to say about VAR. Skiff, I don't want to talk about it anymore. A little bit. A little bit. I've I've had to do a lot of yoga this week, Monday and Tuesday, before or after I got off of work. Every night I've done yoga because I was so freaking mad on Saturday. Like, if I had recorded a reaction pod, it would have just been f f f f f f f f f v. That's what my whole conversation would have been because VAR to me is ruining the game that I love. Um, it's taken, I'm all for officiating being right. I used to be a soccer official. Um, I, I know how hard it is. The game is played at a very fast level. Um, referees miss stuff. Um, I mean, it happens. It does. I mean, we're not perfect. We're humans and there's always going to be a, a human element to the game. Um, and referees are a part of that. Um, so I'm okay with, them missing something where it's, you know, Mo Salah has, you know, one centimeter um, over, you know, his, his left elbow hair was one centimeter past, you know, the defender's right foot, you know, that to me is human error. Now where I think VAR is very good is um, looking at goal line decisions, you know, goal line decisions. It's very cut and dry. Either the ball was over or the ball wasn't over. There's no like, there's no human element to it. Now we're getting into an element where we're sitting on a field and we're looking at camera angles and the camera angle isn't directly lined up with the field. So you can't exactly tell. So you're taking lines like an etch-a-sketch and you're drawing them into the field and determining whether a player is offside. And it's so minuscule and it's so unpredictable and you just never know what it's going to be. That's what I have a problem with. It's, it's just, it's judgmental and subjective, but it's not the referee on the field who's doing it. Thoughts. Uh, Instead of, instead of getting into the deep, um, like going through the full, the full run of anger and and fire and brimstone, what, what changes need to be made? So Scott, uh, our resident uh, 
expert here. I, I think you, you told me about the Dutch league. Was that you? Yes. Yeah, so the Dutch league, the VAR application and rules are actually appointed from the football governing body. They're supposed to be applied equally across all countries. And the Dutch league is basically giving them the middle finger. Like your rules are stupid. What are you going to do? Like we're the Dutch league. Okay. So what they're doing is that it's called the 10 centimeter rule. And what they have is a blue line for the attacking player. That's five centimeters on the screen, a red line for the defensive player, which is five centimeters on the screen. And if, and they lay the lines over just like the premier league does. And if the lines touch at all, they leave the call on the field, whatever that was. If it was offside, they leave it offside. If it was onside, they leave it onside. If there's any separation, then it's more than 10 centimeters difference. That is clear and obvious. Then they'll make a change to the call. But they leave the human error in there. It's got to be clear and obvious, which is actually the way the rules are written, but not the way the rules are applied. So I think that's the best way to do it. I don't know if 10 centimeters, I don't know where that came from, but it's a very clear way to make a decision. Yeah, I like that. That's good. I'd, yeah, I'd be down. It's it's just for me, right? You know, I, again, I want the call to be right, but there's no fans in there right now. So, you know, you're not getting the reactions. But if I was a fan and every single time my team scored, you celebrate, like you, you get into it, you cheer, like you jump up, like I'm in my house, like having a couple beers, I'm jumping up and screaming and hooting and hollering. And then all, you, su- then all of a sudden- you- but do you still do that? I don't. I don't anymore. I don't either. Like I, I literally am like, okay, so wait, let's wait. Yep. And it's see. it's taken. Part. I do on Twitter, and I've haven't I've had to learn my lesson because oh wait, they took it off. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh I see that Eric all the time. I see yeah, Eric all the time. Oh, go Mosala! I'm like Eric, bro. Yeah, premature, sir. Premature, sir. Premature. Ruled out. No. Wouldn't be the first time I heard that. Well, and and I think part of part of what's really frustrating, part of what's really frustrating is, you know what I mean? Like the rule is, you know what I mean? Like what part of the body is like the 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 kind of frustrating thing is if the if the forward knows, okay, I have to be in line with the defender. Is, is it that I have to be in line with the defender's back foot? Or do I have to be in line with the body's, like, like the defender's center of mass? Do or I, elbow, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, or exactly. Or, or, yeah, their or nostril their hair. Or, like, right. what, mm, yeah. or, 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 like, poor Villa. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm being fouled and I am, I am resisting that fouling, like, am I going to get yeah. punished because some jerk is holding me back and I am, like, I'm taking mm-hmm. issue with that with my so body it, posture? The, the play Jen's talking about at the end of the Villa-West Ham match, Ollie Watkins got a, it was a beautiful ball and a beautiful finish in stoppage time. And the referee, the, the referee ruled it off for VAR. And he was leaned forward beyond the defender because the defender was fouling him. Like he, his body was reacting to a foul and his armpit was subsequent, subsequently beyond the defender because he's trying not to fall over. Like it yeah. was beyond absurd. One of the it things was, that I, I mean, and they're, that, oh, sorry. One of the things that I, that I have never fully grasped about, about the new rules as far as what is offside as like what part of your body is offside is they talk about the, the parts of the body that are, can score goals. 
you guys, you guys have been watching soccer now for, for quite a few years. If you had to guess, if you took a wild guess, what percentage of goals scored are not from a head or a foot? Probably very little. One percent. Uh, yeah. Be less than that. Goals scored off of the chest or the thigh or yeah, the armpit. Uh, we're, we're, I mean, we're talking about such an insignificant amount of goals, and they want to talk about the shirt sleeve because the shoulder can be used to score. What the hell is that? Like, if the head is out in front, I get it. You can score with the head. People do score with their head regularly. The foot is out in front. I get it. You can score with the foot. You score with the foot regularly. The rest of it, like, what? Like, well, are no, we splitting I mean, like, hairs beyond belief? Do you remember? Do you, do you remember it was five years ago, maybe? There was Arsenal. I thought it was hilarious personally, but Arsenal was playing, I can't remember who, but I think it was Kieran Gibbs got sent off. He got a straight red card. I, Andre Mariner was the official. I'll never forget it. Kieran Gibbs gets a straight red when it was actually Oxlade Chamberlain who committed the oh, foul. I think it was a yes. handball. So yes. that was the argument for VAR, right? It's like, well, in clear and obvious cases where he got it to the wrong player because he looks like this player, VAR would be great. And here we are measuring like the weenus of the guy's elbow being <laughs> offside yeah. against the defender's right butt cheek. Like, how did we go from the wrong guy getting a red card to weenus? The, the yeah. fact that we're the fact that we're even talking about Var, this is the problem. Here to take out your weenus. <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. The players are, are now coming out and saying it doesn't make sense. This is a part of the bigger picture where, hey, the you know the big sick teams want more control over the Premier League and how things are done. Like, it doesn't make sense. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it ruining my game. They need to come up with a solution where it's more like the Dutch league or they need to do away with it or just make it where it's extremely obvious. And even when they freaking go to the VAR review in case of red cards or penalty kicks, they get it wrong half the time. I mean, you're looking at this stuff. The referee in slow motion is getting to see frame by frame. And this has always been my argument. Game's not played slow motion. The game's played at real time. The referees are looking at real time action and how it happens and then they're going down and they're doing frame by frame well his left boot barely grazed the right foot of this guy and it's like come on guys like let's you know this is slowing the game down is making it less enjoyable the fans don't like it the players don't like it the only people that like it are the rest because those big idiots are in the news all the time they don't they don't that's the thing is i think that on the field refs like i know for a fact linemen have to be like well, holy hell, like, like dudes offside. Why won't you let me raise the flag now? Like I'm the only trained. People, the I only can people do that this. like it are the IT nerds who have jobs because it exists. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, gonna, like which, the, the, which team, which team has had the most VA, like which team has VAR over against them the most? The most? It's, us. Against. it's us. It's us. Liverpool minus okay. eight. Okay. So we can thank VAR for stopping Liverpool I from love being such cheaters. Bar. I think VAR well, is phenomenal. Even even the even the United game today, Charles. I mean, the referee didn't raise his flag for an offsides. He let play continue, and then the PSG guy Verratti, took out and one then of your Verratti guys. Took out Martial, yeah, and, and got a yellow, yellow card for it. You know, so mm-hmm. it, it's like uh, our Turkish correspondent told us years ago. Like, you know, hey, we didn't raise our flag. We had a guy like our goalie like get seriously hurt. So, I don't know, it's man. Yeah. Although Verratti did deserve a yellow. Oh, hundred percent, he deserved being, the yellow card for that. Being, for just for being who he is. And just, Eric, what were you going to say? 
I was going to say just the overuse of it. I'm not a big conspiracy guy, but it seems like they have this tool now and they're getting pubbed for, oh, we're in a well-known for VAR. Let's insert ourselves into every freaking match ever played this season. When they first started off, you would go a couple of matches without seeing it, you know, or maybe a couple of match weeks without seeing it. And then it would crop up for one or two incidences and then it'd go away for a while. And then it, you needed another time or two. But now it's like, it's not just Liverpool. And I know people are going to call me, People are going to call me a Chris Wilder and only caring about Liverpool, but it's all the clubs, really. And it's inserting itself into every single match now, and it's ridiculous. Every single match. Well, every single match. Well, yeah. I, I every mean, one. But, yeah. I, I do. Oh, no, seriously. Oh, I'm, I'm, on, your, I'm you. on your side. Yeah. No, you're 100 Every match. Every do match. The, do, the, do the, the center line judges, though? I mean, do they all of a sudden now, they're like, well, well damn, I can't even do my job. You know, because as soon as as soon as there's the whisper in my ear, you need to go check. You need to go check. You need to go check. I mean, like, there's a point where you're just like, fine, just just tell me what to do. That's fine. Okay. At least in yeah. the old days, you knew that there were bad refs and there were good refs. <laughs> you knew when you had a bad ref that they were yeah. probably going to screw you, and you were okay with the screwing because that's who the ref was. Now. Var screws you embraced you. for it? Is that what now you're everybody, saying? Now, now everybody you've got multiple gets screwed screwing you at once. equally. Yes. Okay. Now <laughs> you're, you're not even there. The train of referees in... just going through instead of that one guy. It's ridiculous. Okay. I'm tired of the guy from 600, so, 600 miles okay. away telling me that, hey, duh, your, your guy was four inches off sides. Well, you, uh, you're four yeah. inches. You can take that and stick okay. it somewhere. Buddy. So because the lack of lube is coming from Stockley oh. Park. And- <laughs> oh. <laughs> too far, to Jen. Too far. <laughs> so I, I I don't want to beat this up too much because too late. Var. What? Well, no, no. I, <laughs> I think I like we hate var, right? But we need it. There are some. Yeah. No, I, I think I think things. this is entirely like a, a reform var. Yeah. Don't don't defund var. Right. <laughs> and so it now, if you make a good point, now I look at who the var official is too. I'm like, it's oh ridiculous. god, got to deal with yeah. Mike Dean and Andre Mariner. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up that section and, and move on to. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna move on to 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 what our our bread and butter is, what we love to cover, which is the uh, the Premier League games. We had an quite the interesting uh, uh, event. Uh, breaking news came out yesterday. Uh, that the Newcastle game against Aston Villa is postponed. This is actually the first postponement due to coronavirus this season in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, Scott, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so it's interesting. Newcastle has gone out of their way to try to not make any announcements due to some um, privacy. I, I don't know the privacy laws or, or what. They're, they're just trying not to name any names, but there's some some piecing together of some things that pe- that I've seen. So the club doesn't seem 100% sure where it came from. There's some people who think it may have stemmed from the international break. Um, they have a player named Emil Kraft, who's Swedish, who played at the international break, and he was absent from their 2-0 uh, victory against Crystal Palace last week. And then Another guy they have, Isaac Hayden, who didn't play internationally, missed um, that same match from illness. So it could have been both. It could have been international, could have been local. They don't know. And then one of the assistant managers, Steve Agnew, uh, also missed a recent match. So there's a could come from a bunch of places. So last week, uh, the media found out there were four positive cases, three players, one staff member. 
on Sunday, they retested, and instead of four, it was up to seven, with at least five of the seven being players. So it, it went from one to two to three to four to outbreak, which is what caused the postponement. So that they don't know where it came from, how far it's going to go, but but Bruce and management decided to shut down the training ground once they got the final word on the seven positives. I have a quick question. So you mean to tell me that they tested pl- people um, and they had negative tests and then yep. like days later they tested them again and they, they came back positive. Yes. Okay. Have they, have they, I mean, this seems like kind of really important information. Um, has this made it to South Carolina? I don't think so. This is communist <laughs> okay. kickball. I don't think they would Got listen to. Got it. No, okay. No, All right. Just, no. just clarifying. Just clarifying. It, it has not been traced to Wuhan Davo. That's for sure. <laughs> so that like, like Charles said, this is the first postponement of the season. And now Villa will have two games in hand because of the match week one um, push off with, with United. So with United, yeah. Which was Villa not postponed a, due to coronavirus. No, no, that it was due to yeah. European competition. Correct. Yeah. So correct. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, so, fair, yeah, no, yeah. And, and this was on the, this was on the eve of what was supposed to be kind of a, um, what's the word? Joyous occasion. Uh, joyous, yeah, I like that. Joyous occasion. That's nice, Skiff. Um, Premier League going to be welcoming some fans back to the stadiums, right? Well, in so, in some places they are. Uh, our, uh, Ast- Aston Villa and Newcastle are both tier three, which means they will not be having any fans. Shocking. Um, but a number of uh, places uh, are going to be able to have some fans back. So uh, Tottenham, you get some fans. Liverpool. You get some fans, Chelsea. You get fans, and you, you get, get some fans. fans. And you get fans. The teams Basically. that are not <laughs> getting fans are Aston Villa, Burnley, uh, the two Manchester clubs, Leicester, uh, Newcastle, as I mentioned, Sheffield, and West Brom and Wolves. So it's a limited fans. I think it's what two thousand in tier um, two, and then two. four thousand in tier one. Uh, I don't know. Nobody's in tier one yet. Uh, Nobody. I'm has. not. I'm not sure what's more plastic, the seats at Stamford Bridge or the fans they're going to allow in for this Ooh, match. <laughs> snap! Yeah, I mean, what is it? What what were you telling me the other day, Scott? That their their um, their team site is called "We Have No History." Yeah, oh, their S- the SB Nation site for Chelsea is uh, it displays a shocking level of self awareness. Honestly, it's impressive. It's called "We Ain't Got No History." <laughs> so, question. Do you guys think this may be an attempt on the part of the British government to get some of these locations that are still dealing with a lack of kind of social compliance? Um, And I I would love for Christian to be here for this one. Oh, gosh. Yeah, maybe 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 we uh, we phone a friend uh, later on that one. (laughs) So. The, the, the what he's told me um, from speaking to his family back at home and and the people that he knows, um, the the tier levels that have been given out by the government don't necessarily correspond with outbreaks or you know a, a compliance with mandates and all that kind of stuff. Apparently, some of the places that are in tier two are have a significant more ca- significantly larger number of cases than the ones in tier three. Um, making it really kind of questionable as to what the UK government is doing with their yeah. allocation. Yep. Now, again, this is this is secondhand information. I don't I don't know the facts of everything, but uh, it seems a little okay. skeptical, a little shady. Yeah, Liverpool oh, is, is money. Liverpool is pretty heavy in the outbreak, and they're 
getting fans allowed in. So I don't know. Well, at least it's Liverpool and Everton, and it's not just Liverpool. And, right. I'm be- sorry, Everton. You're one mile away. You get no yeah, fans. Sorry. <laughs> I think yeah. that um, the government knew that Spurs were going to draw Marine and the FA Cup, which is also on Merseyside. So they wanted to make sure that fans could be there to watch the historic FA Cup match. Oh, Lord. Poor things. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Speaking, speaking of a fantasy, Eric, <laughs> oh, how's fantasy going? <laughs> <laughs> going the same as always, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. You. I think it's going pretty well. We love you. All right. Like, so, shut up. <laughs> oh, look at the official. Look at the official standings here. We're going to go with the top five. We're going to go with the team name, the manager, the points, and the total amount of points. Wait, just a real so, quick question: Has it changed uh, from last week? I'm trying to remember from last week. I don't think it has. I think it's the same sta- the same yeah, table from no, last so week. Then literally just be like it's, top five unchanged. It's the same as last week. <laughs> it's but tighter. It's tighter. It is top. tighter, yes. There Scott is, is and the special one was in the lead for part of the weekend. Yeah, until half of my squad played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying it was exciting to see some change and then so it was. like the, the so, norm. Well, normalcy. I've got I've got a couple of villa players. Me too. So I, changes are coming. I think I'm going to lose the lead this week. Yeah, probably. So why don't we talk about like big movers? Like Ryan Coda with Blue Balls moved yep. up. What? And Brian Webster. He had a he yeah. was, a, he was our seventy one points I think, this week. Seventy one points. Yeah. Yeah, did quite well. Seventy one well. points. Not quite my mom with eighty five points the week not before, but um, not quite wow. week. nobody so is Jen's mom. Awesome. Yes, <laughs> true. Speaking of, speaking yeah. of Jen's mom, I, I gotta tell you, she's actually our guest picker this week. Yeah, <laughs> let's go, Jen's mom. Miss Woo! J. Miss J. Morg is right. uh, rocking. Mrs. J. Morg. Mrs. J. Morg. Yeah, real oh, quick, that is true. Before, before we jump off of fantasy, I just I do want to say to yeah. uh, to all of our listeners, check your fantasy lineups. It will. You will need to account for the Newcastle and, and Aston Villa postponement. Those players, it's still going to count for this week. So if you've got them in your lineup, you might want to pull them out. You might want to make a switch. This may be a good time for you to use your free hit. Uh, think about that as, as you plan for the weekend. Um, yes, that game will be made up later in the season. Yes, it will be a double game week for both of those teams. So this can play out you know, in your favor if you manage it properly. All right, so just something, something for you guys. To Man, that Friday squad lock the day after thanksgiving messed me up bad oh, it, it was me. bad like i looked at my lineup i went to pick my team and it was oh setting god. it for next week i was like oh mm-hmm. god this no. is not good luca dean is not playing till february i'm serious <laughs> oops okay. yeah Never mind. speaking right. of before we move on when is okay. taa coming back i need i need to know this a couple weeks back. he's got a couple more weeks he just, he just went back to training yesterday so We've got a couple. Okay, so he's got to get. So he's got to get fit. But he's right. back in training, so that's exciting. Yeah. Better than Tiago, which is like freaking never. Out to, out let's move on. Stop. Stop. Same, same stop. for same for Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw. Let's not let's training. not start talking about Liverpool injury. Luke Shaw. On hey your man, team. if freaking Richarlison hadn't uh, tried to take his kneecap off, pick him, pick Ooh. him, pick him, pick him. Let's move on. <laughs> well, okay. I can't Eric. talk Pochettino. You can't talk Liverpool injuries. Move on. <laughs> He's your manager from a year ago. You're not allowed to talk about him anymore. He's, He's not, not even guy. in the league. Not in the league. Yeah. yeah. 
Not in the and league. Tiago has played like five minutes for your club. Why? Why do you get to talk about him? But his paycheck uh, uh, is uh, actually uh, paid. Uh, and this skips you, first game that we're going to. You be called him bald. Is... You didn't even know him enough to know if he had hair. Oh, yeah. No, we got to skip. Give us a recap on last <laughs> yeah. week's games. How All did right. you in the pick him last week? Well, Eric and Jen both sucked. Um, <laughs> Eric is still leading though with twenty nine. Uh, Charles, you're in last place with twenty, and uh, we've got uh, a three way tie. Jen. Scott and uh, our fans with 23 points. I am uh, surging, surging right now. You actually are. You've had uh, you've had uh, six points in the last two weeks, uh, only tied by yours truly, who has also had six, but 22 total for me. So tight race, except for Eric. He's kind of uh, he's a Liverpool of last year. Let's see if the injuries catch up with him, which uh, they have been based off of the last couple of weeks. Um, But congratulations, Eric. Last in fantasy, first in pick them. It's Woo! it's your thing. Keep it up, buddy. I'm coming for you, buddy. Don't let off the gas. <laughs> I'll try not to. I suck last week. We'll see. Okay, so how far are the second place team? Like he's got twenty nine. We have how many? Twenty three. Twenty three. It's not close, really. Ooh. Yeah, no, it's but not. It's five it's a long, per week. Five it's a long per season. week. Season. Yeah. Long season. What did Add it and Danny do? What was there? She said. Uh, a little two, a measly two. Oh, you know, God. T- t- <laughs> tiny two. With the, ex- with the exchange rate, that's like 1.45. <laughs> I, actually, I actually bought a Liverpool jersey today from the store, so it's more like, uh, you know, 1.25. Right does, it, so. does it come with like a bandage? bandage or? Oh, there you go, Charles. Nice. It was, it was for my son. <laughs> the joke was, my was son. there right for the taking. <laughs> it was for my son for Christmas. So thanks, guys. I hope he doesn't get injured. If he does, well, you said you guys. bought a Liverpool jersey. You didn't say I bought a jersey for my son. Look, yeah. if the ki- if your kid gets hurt, it's because you bought him a Liverpool kit, not because Charles and I. <laughs> not took because Charles is a jerk. <laughs> I remember not. this, boys. I remember this. Yeah, I just like to, I, I edited in real time. But I don't know if you guys if if it, make, but... if, if it makes you feel any better. Eric said he's going to buy me a jersey that says Sharp on the front. <laughs> Sparp, you're sparping. The United that comment at the end, at least we're not Liverpool. <laughs> is, it, is that LARPing? Soccer LARPing? Is that what I, that is? I, I got nothing. I, I think it came <laughs> across my timeline as like misspelled jerseys or jerseys from hell or something. It came up. So. Uh, to be fair. I think, I think they make the TVs. Fair. I think they make the TVs in movies that get smashed. Like they, I, every time you see a smashed TV, that's a sharp TV. That does look like a kit that Ed Woodward would let through though. <laughs> It's like, I'll give you an extra five million. Sparp? Yeah, we're sparpers. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh Lord. Oh, right. Okay. All right. So we're let's talk about this week's games. We're gonna this week we're gonna give you a brief preview of the game itself. Uh no, we're not going super in-depth. Eric has not researched the entire history of Liverpool and Wolves. Uh, for his, uh, for his He's run. like, they're awesome. That's all um, I need to say. <laughs> so I'm gonna kick it over to Skiff. Talk talk to us about Brighton and Southampton. Well, Southampton, uh, I thought that they were going to drop off a little bit when uh, Mr. Ings got injured, but, you know, they've, I think somebody, who here picked them to get relegated? Charles? Narrator says, and Charles raises his hands. I I don't think they're getting relegated this year. It's a long season. But uh, you know they're they're definitely playing uh, some good uh, soccer lately. They they played what they played United last week, right? Played them uh, mm-hmm. yep. played them really tight. Um, so they've got a really balanced squad, and you know they're one of those teams that um, they just always seem to be in the Premier League. You know 
they sell good players, they stay up. Uh, Liverpool bought half their squad six years ago. They still stay up. Um, I think we only have one good player out of there, but, you know, we, we got half their squad. Um, so it should be a really interesting match. Actually, um, you know, we played Brighton, um, and Brighton, actually, when you look at the underlying stats numbers, they've been one of the unluckier teams. So they play good uh, soccer also. Uh, the pod went ahead and picked Jen's mom. Picked a draw. We picked uh, Jen's mom. Yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. As our That's guest wrong. picker, yes, yes, yes. Jen's mom picked Southampton, along with Jen. Apple doesn't far, fall far from the tree. Uh, and Charles mom. also picked the Southampton win. Uh, myself and Eric picked a draw, and then uh, Scotty the body went, went the Brighton. So should be uh, an interesting game. No. That was a that, no. <laughs> that was a total game theory pick, by the way. I'm just trying to get leverage and make up some ground. You have a lot to make up, body. Uh, so speaking of uh, teams who don't have a lot to make up, yeah. Manchester United, close to the yeah. top. Yeah, let's start playing West Ham. United, playing West Ham, playing David Moyes. Uh, he loves to play teams that he revenge games. Yeah, he loves revenge games. He loves to play teams. So this. Honestly, I am uh, I am projecting it to be a, a difficult game for United. Um, and by the way, with regard to Southampton, I, I will fully admit that I was very wrong about their um, how good they are and, and whether or not they're going to get relegated. I'm, I'm on the Southampton train. I think they stay up. I think that they have a realistic outside shot at, uh, at Europa League. Um, I would put them in the, the watch list for sixth or, or maybe even seventh place this season. So um but back to United West Ham United um, the real question with United right now. And the reason why I can't be super confident about their, their ability this weekend is we haven't seen a standard United starting lineup in the past five, six weeks. And that's what they're missing right now. The thing that they had in the restart over the summer was continuity consistency from their starting lineup. They had a best 11, that best 11 went out and they played their asses off and um, we haven't we haven't found that yet. United hasn't found that, and so depends on who starts. I think that this past weekend they found a group a, a team that um, could potentially be the starting eleven um, moving forward, especially if they can get uh, the continuity of Cavani in there. Um, it's it's anybody's it's anybody's guess. I mean, Pogba's healthy. When does he start coming back into the into the fray? And how is he going to play? And that's the, that's the real question. Uh, West Ham uh, will definitely be starting their their big guns. I mean, they're going to have Declan Rice and, and uh, Thomas Suchek out there. Um, and Mikhail Antonio is back from injury, it looks like. So he's look for him up front. And he always – he gives any backline problems. But you look at uh, McGuire and, and Lindelof and – any, any feisty striker is going to, is going to give them a, a run for their money. I, I think it's going to be a draw uh, skip what the rest of the pod thinks. Yeah. Um, so a lot of draws, everybody, but uh, Eric and Scott, who are the United whammy pickers picked, uh, picked a draw. Those two picked, picked United. Well, yeah. I, I was leaning towards a draw, but West Ham. Maybe United. Oh, controversy. Did you pick United, Jen? I did. I did too, I think. Oh. No, he said Hold you on. did. Chuck's, he said okay. you did, Eric. Yeah. yeah. Said you did. Chuck, skip, say I Chuck did. skips cold, uh, cold computer. Mama yeah. said draw. Oh. There's, there's a lot of J morgues going around. Sorry. <laughs> okay. It's been corrected on the sheet. Three United <laughs> victories. 
three draws. The, re- the reason I pivoted, I think it is going to be a tough match. The reason I pivoted is because West Ham played Monday and they looked dead on their feet by the end of that match with Villa. I mean, it, it was a tough match. They fought hard till the 95th minute and with like Declan Rice could barely move at the end of that match. So I think that there'll be some fatigue. Might be a tough one. And after the 75th minute, I think United will take it. United do have depth, and we're, we're fairly healthy right now. I mean, I, t- I said Luke Shaw's coming back. Um, he's not going to be available this weekend by any means. Rashford could be out this weekend. He, he yeah. picked up an injury in the uh, – um, actually, I shouldn't say he picked up an injury. He, he aggravated an injury um, during the game, the Champions League game today. So um, he, there's a potential he may be out, but we have plenty of depth at, at most positions as far as being able to adapt with, with decent starting players and whatnot. So, yeah. Is it a Saturday or a Sunday game? Saturday, uh, twelve thirty game. Yeah, it's a decent start time though. I mean, like it's not like oh dark thirty. Yeah, it's because uh, United have uh, the their Champions League match on Tuesday next week, so we have to go. Got it. Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Got it. Cool, cool. Yep. I, I think it'll be a fun game. Should be, should be. All right, let's uh, let's kick it over to Scott. You guys are playing a a, a, a team that you guys. Uh, hold near and dear to your heart don't you yes we're playing our our beloved arsenal the north london rivals it it, i'm really uncomfortable with this match because i don't know if you remember over the summer when we played arsenal and like the whole pod picked spurs to win and then i was like really you guys think that well we're not the favorites um well that's not the case this time spurs are the favorites not only are they the favorites to to win we're our um, spread has uh, ju- positive juice, which means basically that if you bet on us to, to win, you have to bet more than you would win. So not only are we the favorites, but there's extra juice on us. Jen, you're making mm-hmm. a face. I, w- I won't get into the gambling side, but there's, there's several reasons this makes me nervous. We're pretty heavy favorites, especially for this type of match. So I don't like it. I'm uncomfortable with it. These matches are one of those, like UNC Duke basketball, Florida State Miami football, most of the time. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter where you are in the table. It, it's always going to be competitive, and I'll be interested to see what Jose does from a tactical setup, because you've seen what he did to City and what he did to Chelsea. It better look different going against Arsenal because they've looked terrible in attack. Yeah. So that'll tell us quite a bit. I mean, you, you, I know, I know, I understand the sentiment of the, um, it doesn't matter where you're at in the table. It doesn't matter. All the, all, everything goes out the window when it comes to this rivalry game and whatnot, but Arsenal have been terrible lately. Awful. I mean, really like, look like borderline looking relegation level, terrible. Like, do you really think that you guys are going to struggle against them? So I'm torn. I'm torn. And before before we started recording, we were chatting a little bit, and I said that on paper, form, depth, quality, there's literally nothing that's pointing toward even the draw, right? I mean, we're better front to back. Our 11 is better than their 11. Our best player is better than their best player. Our worst player is better than their worst player. Like, there's literally no conversation to be had. But there's this thing. There's this, this old... Um, saying amongst Spurs fans, it's called Dr. Tottenham. Like, oh, you're going through a tough patch? Dr. Tottenham will see you now. Like, it, it's just, it's this, like, it's what I've said about Mourinho 
and why he's so important for the club, but also for the fan base. There's this fragility in it, like how uncomfortable we are when things are going well. There's this like, yeah, but always there. And uh, so you're I'm not, not, you're not mentality monsters. That's what you're absolutely saying. not. No, absolutely. <laughs> no, I see the difference skip between you and I, is I have the self-awareness to realize that we're not mentality monsters either. So I'm uncomfortable with this and um, we should win, but we might not. But the pod says, if. Uh, Sorry, Jen. Pod said everybody picked Spurs except for Scott, who's trying to reverse, <laughs> trying to reverse Juju his team and picked a draw. No, 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 no. no. Scott is Aww. Scott is spreading the Juju. He's 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 poking the doll. He's he's doing everything no, no, to try to get a, Spurs to win. We've got a match Thursday, and then we got to come right around to a tough derby match on Sunday. It's don't, Ar- don't Arsenal play on Thursday. There's a lot going against us, so it's just I don't know. Oh, is it is is it Kane? One of the things Kane's doubtful. Kane Kane picked up an injury. I heard. Yeah, wink, wink. He's, he's so one of the things, one of the things I have in my um, classroom is I have a container of straws that I can hand out when kids start whining. Um, hold on, hold on. I might so even can... finish this because you Liverpool fans have complained to no effing end about injuries and fixture congestion. You just glossed over the fact that Charles played the Wednesday and then the 1230 match on Saturday and Liverpool fans are going absolute ape. Yeah. SHIT on Twitter because you guys are in that. So, okay. Okay. So, so basically, no, 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 no. What, what has happened is the rest of you have been like, Oh, look at Klopp whining. Look at Klopp whining. He's such a baby. And then all of a sudden you are complaining about it, but it's, it's a novel concept. And you're not willing to say, you know what? Klopp is right. Klopp's right because he's arguing for all of the players. But no, 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 it's okay. It's okay if it's just you that's special. And I'm pretty sure I said on Twitter all the clubs, not just Liverpool. I'm pretty sure I have. Okay. It's a a league-wide problem. They didn't plan very well. And then again, here's your straw. Were you on the pod last week? What do you do with the straw, though? Were you on the pod last week when there was a whole cycle? What do you do with a straw? You suck it up. You you don't use them because they end up in sea turtles' noses, Jen. (laughs) Then use a paper one, pansy. That's were fine. You, were you on the pod last week when we had that whole segment about Liverpool complaining about the injuries? Or did I forget that one? Yeah. No, but and, I'm just and, saying, but like, why would you bring up fixture congestion if you're going to then turn around and complain about somebody complaining about it? Just be consistent. That's all I'm asking. Yeah, you can't have it both ways. Well, I mean, what are we going to say to Charles? Charles like, oh, we had to do this and then we have to turn around and, and, and we've got a lot of turnaround. You're right. Why did okay. we not say anything? Because we said it last week and we okay. freaking agree. Okay, so I got two things. First of all, Arsenal also played Thursday. It was a joke. Second of all, Spurs played in September on a Thursday, Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Thursday. And so you want a medal? That's what happens no. when you don't qualify for the group stages of See, things and you get you, seventh you guys, place. I hear a lot qualify. of whining, but you put yourself in the own, your own position, <laughs> sir. You, you guys but qualify no, no, I got a question. dodge this thing and you just want to complain and then not complain. Like, well, you should no, have done No, that. no, 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 but this is the thing. Hold up, hold up. Did we give you a hard time about talking about that when you were I when didn't. you were saying no? But I'm just saying, like, but if you had, do you really think we would have been like, oh, I mean, Skiff may have because he would have been like, like, you trust me, we we like, know how you feel, we oh, get it. But I'm just hey, saying, like, hey, quick shout out, Tottenham, you guys are playing in the Carabao Cup, right, Scott? That's right. 
we're we're still in the cup, yes. You're playing Stoke City. Shout out to PJ Noel. Stoke yeah. City, Tottenham adds that fixture congestion. They play on twelve twenty three. Even more games for you, baby. That's fine. We're I'm rolling saying, with it. Like, like I think it's something that we're all dealing with, but why dogpile on somebody that's arguing for the welfare of the players? I didn't say anything about Klopp, like in mm. this whole. Okay. Where did that come from? Did I say anything about Klopp in the last five minutes? No, but you said the fans were complaining, and that's the same thing Klopp's doing. So by by proxy, you are. Okay. Well, that was a fun segment. Um, how about uh, Chelsea Leeds? Jen? No. Yeah, okay. Um, I don't know. I think, honestly, I think it's going to be kind of exciting. Um, this is one where Chelsea is coming into this uh, four wins, a draw, and no losses. Leeds has two wins, a draw, and a loss as far as their um, their match form coming into this. I, can we all agree that Leeds has been an exciting addition to this year's Premier League? No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, fair, I guess. Um, the injury list when it comes to Leeds is like significantly bigger than it is for Chelsea. So Hernandez, Shackleton, Herring, Harrison, Ben, oh, I don't know how to say his name. Laurent, Forshaw, and... I think you can just nail it down by man bun three, man bun seven, man bun 12. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't think this guy has a man bun. Um, I think the man bun guys are actually okay. Like, I, maybe it's the power of the man bun. I, I don't really know. But, um, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, uh, it is a depleted lead squad playing a Chelsea squad that seems to be coming into some kind of consistency in form. Uh, Word on uh, Pulisic starting? Yeah, well, I mean, the beard. Do you guys see the it's beard? It's a great beard. It's it great really beard. is. Uh, <laughs> it really is. I totally agree. Um, you know, like at this point, he, he seems like he's he's healthy-ish. Er, kind he started, of. He started today against uh, uh, Sevilla. Sevilla. Good. Yay. I mean, like, I'm excited to see him, you know, considering he's um, an American and we're going to be like, depending on him to, to be able to function when it comes to international football. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, how do you guys, how do you guys feel about Chelsea's form at this point? And then I'll, I'll ask a question about Leeds in just a second. Chelsea reminds me a little bit of United. They're kind of all over the place, but they've been on a hot streak lately. Other than Chelsea, the four Chelsea are the most uh, threatening attacking team in the league right now. I agree with that. But more than more than Tottenham. Mm, check check the know. amount of goal. Check the amount of goals that they've yeah, scored. Yeah, yeah. Okay, matches. but maybe. But how much of that is? I don't know. Okay. They've, they've been red hot goal. Their goal scoring form is, is really, really good right now. And so, um, and, and the thing that I, what I can't figure out, I've been, I've watched the majority of their games. And what I can't figure out is if their defense has actually gelled and is playing really well together, or if they're, ex, they're better than average attack or they're better than yeah. Scott's XG luck uh, statistic um, attack is 
taking the weight off of the defense and making the defense, you know, not have to do nearly as much work and thus making them look better than they actually are. Um, what we really need to see is Chelsea in a couple of one nil games to find out who they really are and whether or not they're overperforming right now. Oh, I can tell you they're overperforming like a mother. They're overperforming. They should, their XG is um, like 15 and they've scored 22 goals. So they've scored almost seven more goals than they were expected to score. So they're one of the luckiest teams, if you want to quantify it that way in the league. Who, who is the lethal finisher on that squad that you would be like, oh yeah, that guy's outperforming his XG? Kurt, Kurt Zuma. Right. I think he's got like some of the most. The like, back? Yeah. yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't think Chelsea is going to make any significant strides until Lampard puts Werner up front, puts Pulisic on the left, quits yep. this nonsense with trying to play like you didn't pay fifty-one million for Werner to be a left winger. He's just not that. Now he's lethal anywhere. And you saw that against Spurs. He scored the offside goal, but he's not a winger. He's just not. And Tammy Abraham yeah. is great, but he's, but he's okay. He's not great. I'm sorry. Werner needs to good. play up top. <laughs> like it, just quit messing around with it. Like put, put exactly. Abraham on the bench. It, you're wasting the real, time. The real um, kind of surprise for me with regard to Chelsea has been um, uh, Kai Havertz. Uh, I don't know that, they've found his best position. And I mean, right now, if, if I'm, if I'm looking at the way that they've been playing lately, their front three has got to be Pulisic, Werner and uh, uh, Ziyech. Like those have got to be the front three. And I think, I think Havertz on the bench. I mean, and that's the the unfortunate part. I know he's out due to coronavirus complications right now, but. Well, he came on against Spurs. He he came on late. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's made a return. Okay. The so, thing with, like okay. Pulisic, Pulisic and Werner are so direct. Ziyech is perfect because he likes to like he'll sit off on the wing and play play the ball into the one of those two making those diagonal okay. runs. It's we it's hard for Havertz to play in the middle and play yeah. both of those two in because then one of those balls is going to be a straight ball and yeah, you just you can't complete a straight ball like you can a diagonal, especially in Havertz. Line. Havertz is not a ten. I watched it. They tried to play him as a either either a false nine or a ten, and that's not his best position. No. So would he? So he'd be in the middle somewhere, like either where Mount plays or. Well, the the scary pitch? thing about Chelsea is, you know, they have a really proven goal scorer in Olivia Giroud, who all he does is score goals. So at the end of the game, like you're you're looking at three really attacking players you can bring on and change your formation or change the way that you play, but didn't really do much good against Tottenham, did it, uh, Scott? Well, and I Almost have a question. Good. Well, I have a question, Scott. Like, with it being a 0-0 draw, like, who do you think was more satisfied with that result? Mourinho. Mourinho. And you you, you could tell when he brought on – he brought on Ben Davies in like the 85th minute, who's a left back and he took off a winger and Spurs fans got really mad about it, which I thought was incredibly stupid. So what he, what he did is he, he took Ben Davies, put him at left back and he put Regalon, who is the most, probably the paciest fullback in the league right now, especially late in games. He's got, he could run for two hours and he put him at left wing. So I know it seemed like a defensive change and it was for all intents and purposes, but he put more pace on the wing and more energy on the wing. But you could tell when he made that sub that he was fine taking the point. Sanford Bridge, like Adit said last week, is kind of a bogey place for us. Um, so taking a point there is not the end of the world. But I, I know 
people joked. I saw like all the stupid tweets um, about Jose parking the bus, but Lampard took absolutely no chances either. Like both mm-hmm. manager was horrified to make a mistake because they both knew one mistake over worst case scenario that much that match was one nil and nobody right. wanted to take the chance and um yeah not surprising reminded so, me of the, the city liverpool game at the end of it yeah. neither of them wanted they didn't want to go for it intense and then they're all just yeah. like nah, we're good okay so my next question is we had that quest we had that conversation earlier in the pod where we were talking about managers that like even though they started with a championship side, they are managers that are a higher quality. Like their their Premier League quality is is Bielsa that. I mean, like, are we seeing that with Leeds that you know he he wound up picking them picking up with them before they were promoted, but he's he's a manager that has the the tactical know how and the the experience yes. the gravitas yes. to keep 100%. them up and to keep yep. them as high performers yep. yeah okay. you're right 100%. he's a world, he's a world-class manager and the whole squad except for your mom jen picked chelsea your mom going against everybody she picked, she picked a draw though she picked right a draw like, okay i oh. will say real quick before we move on bielsa is one of the best managers in the league but he will never take a top six job like they'll uh, one of those clubs will never hire him because he's nope. too crazy he's and he wants di- control well and, and like the system isn't yep. suited to that type of club so yeah lead, lead is perfect for him oh speaking of uh managers that are perfect for their teams eric you have uh liverpool wolves yeah nuno is, nuno is perfect you... for his team well done i agree it's a great point 100 uh you guys can jump in at any time, but it'd be interesting to me to see how we come off the Inspire 1-0 victory in the, in the Champions League when, you know, we kind of gutted it out with all the injuries and, and just couldn't connect. It could have been two or three, could have been two or three nil and Mo couldn't connect and Mane couldn't connect. But uh, here we are back at home trying to preserve the streak. Uh, we face a tough Wolves side that is missing the loss of their, their big striker, Raul Jimenez. I love watching him and maybe people didn't see him on my Twitter, but yes, I do pray for him and it's not all about Van Dykes and knock it off. So I do, I do care about Raul, and I hope he gets better. And uh, that'll, that'll, uh, that, that'll, that'll kind of help us a little bit. But Nuno will still bring a, a tough squad. I see a low-scoring game, and, and for us, the big question is, you know, is it Adrian out again? We can only hope. And uh, the young lad uh, Kelleher might be in, in goal. What do you guys think? I want to know how you pronounce his first name. I, I fully, full confession. I, uh, I looked it up when he first signed him. So if I were not to look it up, I would pronounce it as Kaoman, but it's actually Quavine. I looked it up. It's like Gaelic. So he's from Ireland. So it's Quavine Kelleher. Interesting. I've got, so. I've got a fun, I've got a fun game for all of our listeners next week. When you're listening to this, listen to this pot at night. And every time somebody says something about a Liverpool injury, take a shot. <laughs> That's the game next week. You, are you trying to kill our listeners? <laughs> nope. <laughs> so, I, I just want to point out the Jimenez injury was horrifying, like absolutely horrific. It sounded gro- gross, like everything about it was gross. So then David Luiz came back on, which was also gross. He was bleeding from his head, came off at halftime. But over the summer, Wolves spent $45 million on Fabio Silva from Porto. He's a center forward, one of the most talented young center forwards in the world 
So it's not like they're bereft and they're going to run out Theo Walcott like Good Southampton. Word. So Ooh. it's I'm really interested to see how he plays. I mm-hmm. wish Spurs got them now because I think it'll take him a minute to find his feet in the league. Yep. But um, he is going to be a superstar. I, I don't like doing this. Um, and uh, it's going to be a very a rarity. Um, but I have to I have to commend the play of uh, a couple of Liverpool players. Uh Curtis Jones uh, has been fantastic lately. Um, over the, let's say the last three games that I've watched him play in, um, his intelligence off the ball is really, really good. Um, he's still working on his his when to pass, like his time, the timing of his passes. Um, but he he has been very, very good. And honestly, I watched the the Champions League match yesterday, and Nico Williams finally looked like he deserved a first team spot. Like for the longest time, honestly, Nico Williams did not deserve or did not look like he deserved to be in that squad. Yesterday, he proved why, and he looked it. It was really, really. It was fun to see. The IX keeper really, did he really not deserve. But you got to remember, you got to remember, the lad's only nineteen years old. You know, and, and I don't, really, I don't have uh, to remember a damn thing, Eric. <laughs> But what I'm saying is, it's it's going more to our fans. I know fans are are slagging them off on Twitter, and they can piss off because the kid's 19 years old, being thrust in this limelight with injuries, having to play all these matches. He wasn't really slated in the you know preseason when the season opened to be playing all these matches in a row and some of these big matches. So I I think he's doing okay. He's getting better and better, and he's just got to hold the fort till some of the some of the injuries get you know get better. But I'll say it again: you'll never walk alone my backside. You'll never walk alone until you make a mistake. That was uh, that was a, that was a stretch. That that stretch no, was Harry, Harry Kane's hamstring last year, sir. <laughs> no, that that wasn't a joke. I, I wasn't making a joke. Your fans I, crawl I all over the players. Yeah. We I, okay. Well, so we're uh, we're we're done with our uh, preview of this yeah, week's games. Does. A, oh wait, no, wait. Let's a... uh, skip. How did we? How did we choose? How did the the group choose on this one? I don't think we went you know over Liverpool. Game. I get the la- I get the last word on this. I uh, saw no, a really don't. cool. I saw a really no, cool don't. picture of Nico Williams and Curtis Jones playing together on the under 16s, and now they're playing together in the first yeah. team. Everybody picked Liverpool. You'll never walk alone. Let's move on. Two. Thanks for that, Skip. <laughs> Eric. All right. So to wrap things up, let's uh, let's kick it on over to Eric. What have you got for us in what world of football, Eric? Well, I got to thank Skiff for this one. Uh, the other day he uh, slid my DMs and he says, uh, here's a story about male genitalia you'll really love. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> so this, the, is, not, uh, the this pest- is not how we, we oh, normally wrap up okay. the pod, everyone. If you're a new listener, I'm going to apologize. This, is, uh, this isn't our, our norm. <laughs> well, we got, a, uh, we got a, a fullback named Darnell Fisher. He was placed for Preston. He actually got banned for three matches because he grabbed an opponent's <laughs> genitals. <John. laughs> Did, fair, uh, did 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 he really grab it or did he kind of just like cup it a little bit? No, like, no, no. He, he, he squeezed. It was like a stress ball. Who was it? Who the was picture. the picture? Who was the Clemson oh. linebacker that uh, that was oh, famous for? God, what was it? Uh, was it? Um, I feel like his first name was Quentin. Quentin Williams. Um, no, I don't Sweeney? think so. Was I thought it was Bowl? Was it Bowlware? Ben Bowlware. No. No, Who he's the guy that, the, like, the, the best suplex guy, guy the, the one that's... Anyway. Perfect? Anyways. No, no, no. Eric. So can, he was can... uh, he was found guilty of violent... They called it violent conduct. 
and, the and the commission had to look into it and involved poor Callum Peterson is the uh, the grabby there. And it was during the championship match against Sheffield Wednesday um, last week. And he says uh, it involved in the 62, 67, oh. eh, 62nd minute of the game. Um, it was not seen by the match officials at that time, but you bet your darn uh, rear end it was caught on video afterwards. That VAR, man, they are spot on and everything. So uh, that's, that's why VAR of- exists. That is why VAR exists. So that that's that's pretty much it. And then he apologized afterwards. He kind of got out of hand. And then I guess in the next match, the, the players came out and they were starting to play. And they the guys were hiding their genitals as a joke to to uh, to the to um, rightfully so. Preston, so yes, rightfully so. Some ballsy moves. Oh man. <laughs> got a real grasp of the game. The uh, sounds like yeah, he got the shaft to me. <laughs> Hey, we're done. Anyway, moving on. Uh, that Clemson linebacker was Christian Wilkins, by the way. We were all pretty close. Christian Wilkins. Oh, man. So, all right. I want to thank you all for tuning in to our episode, this episode of uh, Five at the Back Soccer Podcast. Uh, we hope you all enjoy this week's upcoming games. Obviously, not the Friday one, um, but all the other ones. So, Uh, Yeah, check us out on Twitter at F-I-V-E-A-T-B, and we will see you all next week.